Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for another episode of The Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about the 1985 film The Stuff. This is a Larry Cohen film, and I don't know what can you say about it. It's like it's like a mallow version of the blob or the thing right like it's it's kind of a combo of those two i think i think it's in and it's sort of it's a cross between the blob and like a variety of pod people movies right like yeah i was gonna say body snatchers vibe yeah yeah um so so yeah so if, if anybody hasn't seen it this company finds this stuff bubbling up from under the surface in one of its mines and they decide to market it as as a kind of like dessert treat and it turns out that this stuff takes over people and it's a little bit unclear if like the stuff itself has its own agenda or if it's just the addiction that it creates in people becomes a thing but this but the 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 stuff is is also kind of like a blob so it gets a little bit confusing do you know what i mean like like, like it takes yeah. over people but it also becomes this stuff that ejects from people and like moves They're around very clear entirely yeah. about the uh the specific of mechanics of the stuff yeah. aren't explored in detail. Yeah. And but our, you can burn it, so that's good. And the, yeah. pro- the protagonist is a is a corporate saboteur named David Mo Rutherford. Uh, Rutherford. You say that, but I think the protagonist is that like razor-eyed child who goes on a one-man war against the stuff with absolutely no ability to win it. I, that kid has my respect. He I just wanted to slap that battle. kid silly the whole time I was watching the movie. Like, yeah, I, but he would have shibbed you. That kid was hardcore, man. It's like Che Guevara as a kid. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I just, I found him a little whiny, though. He was like a whinier version of Che Guevara. Okay, I'll give you that. And Che was pretty whiny, so it's pretty considerably whiny. But, um... But 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 it also has Paul Sorvino as uh, uh, Colonel Spears, and it's got um, uh, Garrett Morris, which I, I again I had seen this movie as a kid. You know, again I probably told you guys a story last episode where my uncle, you know, was like, "Oh, you got to see this movie, The Stuff," and I remember seeing it like pretty much right after it came out, and you know, but I don't remember anything from it. So last night was almost like a fresh viewing, like it just felt mm-hmm. like a new movie to me, and I was utterly surprised that Garrett Morris was in it because I did not remember that. Um, and also, Danny Aiello is in it. He's got a brief yeah. appearance. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I'll put the balls in, the ball in your courts. What, what, what do you guys think of this movie? What was your experience with it? Was this your first viewing? Uh, a second viewing for me, I this is one of those things that I kind of watched it the first time on a binge alongside um stuff like scanners and a, a bunch of a, a bunch of movies that have been recommended to me and i was like oh we have this was actually um back about god about seven or eight years ago was the first time i saw it when it was still kind of novel to watch something online but they were becoming much more available so i was like oh man i've got netflix i can watch the stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah in in a great wave of movies the stuff was one of them and um it looked a pretty reasonably good impression. I, I I think my initial reaction to that kid was the same as yours. I was like, what is with this kid? <laughs> and uh, watching it again, I had such a respect for him. Uh, well, I agree <laughs> with you by the end. By the end, he definitely gets to that level. But I think at the beginning is more where I was having those reactions. Yeah. Well, I, he goes into, like, the, the weirdest scene where, like, he... He sees it moving in the fridge, and that is enough to ignite him in a yeah. lifelong Vietnam war against this thing. 
It's unbelievable yeah. well, how gorilla that kid gets. He goes into a store and just starts wrecking it. Yeah. Well, we should say this movie is a satire too, so it's kind of everything is like super over the top, and it's nothing is toned down in this movie, including the protagonist. Yeah, it is a Larry Cohn film. Yeah. It's a helpful thing for yeah. anyone who knows what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's, even even as an exaggerated caricature, I've never seen a character that goes quite that berserk <laughs> over something so well, mundane. The and, supermarket scene really encapsulates what you're talking about. I think that mm-hmm. scene, you know. Adam, what was your uh, your experience with this movie? Okay, my my background with it is pretty much the same as yours, Brendan. I I also saw it in the mid '80s. I haven't seen it since, so I had vague recollections yeah. of this goo people eat and them being hollowed out inside. And that was it. That yeah. was pretty much all I remember. I didn't I didn't even remember like Michael Moriarty's character clearly. That's how vague my recollection. Okay. Yeah, and I, like, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so, yeah, Garrett Morris was a surprise, but even, you know, everything was a surprise to me. And apparently, yeah, Arsenio I... Hall was the first choice for that character, apparently. Okay, yeah. okay. That would have been pretty early for him. Would, it would have been. That was the reason he didn't get the roles. The director... Or no, I think Larry Cohen saw him as a, as a rising star, and he was, uh, you know, counter-ruled by the producers or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly no. how it came about, but... But yeah, I I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I, I've seen like you know since then I've seen other films like you know Cue the Winged Serpent and God Told Me to and movies like that. And it's it's definitely got that same weird conspiratorial vibe that God Told Me to has. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a uh, definite conspiracy theory, like Alex Jonesy type thing going on. Well, they movie. almost have Alex Jones as a paramilitary hero and yeah, in the, <laughs> yeah exactly. it all. <laughs> that's and that's what's funny because that predates Alex Jones and I was struggling to think of who could that like there were people like that but there was nobody that was quite like Alex Jones at that point that had the right, but that guy is like 100% Alex yeah he looks like Alex Jones it but was it, creepy it, it, yeah because when Alex Jones was around but not nationally known I think so this I, early though in the mid 80s oh yeah you're eight, right it's not in we, are too early. we are too early it was more yeah. the 90s is when he uh yeah, because the '90s there was a huge boom in conspiracy theory stuff with like the X Files and all that, and that's yeah, when I remember this, him getting bigger. But like, I yeah, I, in this case it felt like a holdover from the '70s because the yeah, '70s, yeah. of course, was a big conspiratorial era. And this, you know, it's it's this is very '80s in a lot of ways, but it's just '80s with this kind of underlying '70s skeleton going on. Yeah, that's so. a good way of describing it. I think also like. <laughs> Because a lot of the uh, the big thrust of this movie is like the anti-consumerist kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very 80s notion. But like, yeah, there's a lot of like 70s stuff creeping into it. You've got like the like, – because all the businessmen, they, they don't seem like 80s businessmen. You know, they don't have that kind of sleek, no. yucky look yet. They're still yeah. like those, those kind of like barons of industry kind yeah. of dudes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. That's a really good description, Adam. Points, now, sir. I That's always real. thought of this as fluff the movie. Like I don't know, I don't know how familiar you guys are with fluff, but like you know, peanut, yeah. like a like a a fluff and nutter sandwich type thing. Like the oh. so that's why I thought it was called the stuff because I thought it was a play on the fluff, um, oh. you know, marshmallow fluff basically. Um, but the thing is, marshmallow fluff is not a dessert item. It is something you put on a peanut butter sandwich, or you know, you don't eat it straight out of the can. <laughs> so I don't know if that's actually what they were going for or not, because this was presented more as like an alternative to ice cream. Um, yeah, it, 
it feels like diet yogurt. Remember when diet yogurt was a really big thing? Yeah, it yeah. kind of feels like that. Well, yeah. and, and they even referenced. Oh, go ahead. I think frozen yogurt really took off around this time too, didn't it? Wasn't that's what like he's talking about? Age? I think he's talking yeah. about frozen yogurt. Oh, and, okay. And how? And because I remember the family when they're eating it, they're talking about how they're healthy now that they're eating right, and you know they're losing weight and all this stuff. Uh -huh. So, so I think that connection might be true, or maybe maybe it's a combination of all those things. Oh, I still most likely. I still most like likely. to think of it as fluff, though, because fluff has a special place in my in my heart. But um. Uh -huh. But it definitely is. It's also more liquidy than fluff. Fluff is a little bit thicker than this stuff. So this is kind of got like a shaving cream consistency. Um, yeah, it probably is shaving cream. Considering yeah, later yeah. use shaving cream to substitute for it. Yeah, so. that's probably true. <laughs> um, or it could just be like uh, Cool Whip too. It kind of has like a Cool yeah. Whip look. Um, yeah, obviously there's scenes where people are eating it. So yeah. You know. But it, I guess it depends on how dedicated they were as actors. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed the movie on the whole. I mean, there are weird things about it, like you know, for we brought up like what exactly does this stuff do? It's like, which is it's just okay. It doesn't require an explanation, but it does kind of leave a lot of questions about I, how this stuff works. And then you have the scene, well, the scene at the end too, which maybe we can get to later. But. Well, why don't we talk about that part of the stuff where what the 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 rules are about what the stuff is. Cause yeah, I, yeah, I do think that's the, the biggest rules. failing of the movie. I think that's, if I had a big criticism, it would be, it doesn't know if it wants to be the blob or if it wants to be the body snatchers. Body snatchers yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, those are the, those are the two big ones, right? Like yeah. whenever people eat it, it seems to take control of them, make them a hive mind. And it seems like they're kind of becoming an extension of the will of the stuff. Yes. But then later on, it comes out where it's like, oh, but the people that were in charge of distributing it just wanted to make money and didn't care about that at all. Yeah. They hadn't, yeah. They hadn't eaten the stuff. So was what's what's who's the bad guy? Damn it. Yeah, I, I that was my point. It's like, OK, I get them in the first place selling this stuff shadily, trying to get away with something. But once it's become this reviled thing that was all over the news, why? Why would they be trying to sell it again? Why would they? There's no, there's no, there's no real monetary advantage to them. And why did the ice cream guy get in on it all? Like, hey, this has turned into a disaster. Let me get on board this boat. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. That, that I, I think that was. I mean, again, it's a satire, so it's okay. But like, I feel like yeah. it made a. It didn't make a whole lot of sense that they hire this guy to do this, and then they're then in on it on the other end. I mean, they did. I guess they're supposed to be shady, so maybe they would have had no problems playing both angles but it just felt weird yeah. to have the well, the guy I, that hired him show up shady. at the end i just you know i point i don't know why a shady person would even see an angle here yeah. at, this, at this point and and they did right. say well this is a different formula and so you know yeah it's gonna but, be fine it's yeah. Still, yeah it's still yeah. a hyper addictive hive mind thing and like here's the thing about it like okay i'm fine with having two antagonists okay but they're not well established as antagonists throughout the movie. Like it seems like it's the stuff that's kind of propagating itself. Yeah. Not that yeah. it's like an evil industrialist who's propagating it for profit. Well, because we see the stuff both. move. Yeah, we see the stuff moving around and attacking people, and so it's like that's obviously there's a will there, right? Like there's well, it's, definitely it's taken over its entire own mining operation. Everyone's yeah. part of the hive mind and the collective. And then in the end, it's like, Oh no, they were getting paid by a corporation to what? No, it's the stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, like the, yeah. the ultimate scene is them being forced to eat the stuff for <laughs> some reason. 
Yeah, yeah I was a little confused about that too. I guess that's good revenge, but now you've got these people infected with the stuff that are trying to yes, sell it. Is yes. that's your goal? What? What? Right. It sort of seems like that should already have happened previously, and they should already be infected with the stuff. But like, nah. Yeah. So the ending of this movie is awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you just cut that last scene off. It would feel a lot more coherent, really. Well, right. I mean, like it it has a clear ending where they're they're hitting the radio waves and people start burning the stuff in the streets. Okay. Done. Movie out. Yeah. And if you well, want to add on I, the the thing about the the people smuggling it into like neighborhoods is like you know like a new oh yeah you know yeah. that was, yeah, the whole thing where it's like the new street drug that was fine. But the yeah. the scene in the the scene in the room where he makes them eat the stuff was I thought really strange, and I felt like like maybe if I watched it a couple more times I'd get all the details and it wouldn't be as weird. But on you know it, it just it just didn't it just I think it could have used a yeah no a it's, it's just awkward and okay so let's let's go over the mechanics of the stuff itself. So it's let's assume it's a hive mind thing and mm-hmm. let's just ignore the awkward scene. So people eat it. And they become part of the collective, right? But they can also get, like, drained by it. And it just kind of, like, worms its way I, back into the central mass. What's the purpose? What, think, what's it trying to I do? I think the more of it you eat, the more it becomes a part of you. And, but I don't, But also, there weren't there people who, like, it left their body and then it came back in and they were fine? Did it? Wait, I, I, I could have sworn. I, I think it pretty much ruined people. Whenever I thought there was one that. guy they showed get back up, but I could be wrong. Okay, I could be wrong about that. Maybe. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. You know, um, but I. I don't know. I. I. Th- I, th- I found the rules terribly confusing, and I. I, and I well, think... I, I. I keep being brought back to the question of what is the goal of the stuff? Why does it care that the monkeys yeah. eat it? Is yeah. it eating us from the inside? Like, yeah. does it need to eat? I. I don't. What's it trying to do? You know, the body snatchers well, were trying to replace us. The blob yeah. was trying to eat all of us. You know. Yeah. What is the stuff trying to do? What's its goal? Or even What's like in the thing, stuff? they at least explain like that was kind of close to this in some ways in terms of how mm. it just kind of, you know, it's almost like, I guess, operating a little bit like a virus or something. But like th- th- this one, it, it didn't have any explanation scene that really made it make sense. There was no what there was no there was no scene where they really told you what the stuff was, I think. And I think that yeah, might so have the been... stakes. The stakes were a little less clear because we had less of an idea of the goal of stuff. Although yeah. I will admit that also makes it very eerie. Like the scene where uh, the kid's being confronted by his family and kind of forced to join the cult of the stuff. <laughs> that's such a wonderfully creepy scene. First of all, that's a very waspy nuclear like 1950s style family. And even in the early scenes before they're infected, they're like the parents are super on edge and hostile. Yeah. Well, and um. The so dad was a jerk. The dad was a real jerk. He the got up. The mom a... was also a jerk. Well, that's 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 <laughs> what's what, what's funny about the scene with the stuff where they're trying to indo- like pull it, force him to eat it is that you know they're these jerks. But all of a sudden, they're being super super smiley about being yeah. a jerk, which they've never been before. That's the tell. It's like, oh my god, there's a attempt to be somewhat nice. Yeah, I think I, I would think... have liked to have seen more of that in this movie. Yeah. I think... Yeah, but that's almost what gives that seem depth because they almost go from being a slightly dysfunctional family to appearing more functional, yeah. and and that's the thing that's a little bit intriguing about it. There's a, the, exactly. you know, and, and that's the scene. I think that that scene to me is like very much about like, I don't know. It's, it's obviously very anti-conformity that scene, um, <laughs> you know, and the whole and the whole movie is very anti sort of corporate fad, corporate, you know. Uh, marketing and advertising to the population and so i feel like when you know with 
I like that scene adding another layer to the to the theme of the movie. Yeah, I think I think Joel's on to something that the, the movie could have used more of that. Like if that if that plot line, because I mean, I feel like with the kid, it's like he jumps to like full out crazy smashing things so quickly. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like, you know, through the second half of the movie, he doesn't have as much to do. And it's just I, I think they could have played that out mm. a little longer and more subtly for a bit and uh, had had him be a more effective character in the story. Because I mean, it's really. It's really uh, Moriarty's character who's kind of driving the story for the most part. Well, I mean, what the hell is a kid even going to do to the stuff? Like, he didn't really make any gains against it. He just wasn't, he was basically impossible to convert. And that would have been interesting if he, like, had some kind of, like, I don't know. This is maybe, like, somewhat of a later thing where, like, maybe his blood type made him immune to the stuff, you know? Yeah. And so all the pod people are screeching at him, and he's, like, the only thing he can get away. And it would naturally bring him into the gravity of Moriarty. And, like, that could actually give him something to do for the latter half of the movie, too. I'm, I'm sitting here rewriting this script. And I'm but like, I think what? it's important for that uh, I, kid to not want to be part of this stuff. Like, that's the part. I think if it was just some fluke of his immunity, yeah, that wouldn't I, work I, as well. I think he needs to be... Because that's the thing that makes it interesting is, like, he's actively resisting this. And, and, and the people in his family are not seeing the problem with it that he is clearly seeing. Um, and well, I, yeah, I, I will make a quick movie recommendation too. Like if you if you want to see if you you know if like Joel you want to see more kind of stuff like the scene with the family, the movie to watch is Parents, which is a really fantastic horror movie. Parents. So that's that's the recommendation. recommendation. <laughs> so um, yeah, I I uh, why don't we talk about some of the characters specifically? Um, I think we've talked. Have we talked about the kid enough? Do I? Because we probably don't need to go over that again, do we? Or there's, we? there's not a lot to talk about with the kid. I think we've covered the major beats. Yeah. So why don't we start with Rutherford? Because um, you know he's I don't he's one of the more interesting heroes I've seen in a movie. Where you know <laughs> he's he's not. I mean, yeah, it's like he is just. He'd be doing all this even if the stuff wasn't anything dangerous. He'd yeah. still be out there ruining it, you know. It's, <laughs> that's what he got paid to do. Yeah, I mean, just quickly to jump around. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got the the uh, you know the PR person. You know, yeah. she's the other person on the team, and it's like, well, she's a pretty ambivalent person. And then you've got the guy who's the militia guy with the radio station conspiracy oh, theorist great. guy. It's like you just got this whole team of people who are really dubious who but all have a good reason to actually be fighting this. So Yeah, yeah. Nobody nobody's really like he the first scene where you see him, he's like not he's not it doesn't seem like a particularly nice guy. He no. he's spying on people. He, he you know he he, he, well, he notice when the kid disappears too. Like, oh, actually, he thinks he's on the plane. Never mind. Never mind. I, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, he I'm does sure. just kind of leave him on the plane. Like he does, he's yeah. not exactly responsible with this kid, right? And granted, it's a movie, so maybe we're supposed to just accept the logic of the moment there. But he's irresponsible with the kid and with the woman. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, and uh, but he's also got this like suave, like he's like a like a more Southern style James Bond or something. Do you know what I mean? Like there's and and a more sketchy version of James Bond too. Cause he's, he's operating on the other side of the law, right? Like he, like he yeah, got kicked out of the FBI. Specter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's still kind of charming. And, uh, and he's also, I don't know. He, 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 he has a lot of good lines in the movie too. 
you know what I mean? Like, well, I love when he comes in oh, and, he, yeah. and he's shaking them. He's like, sweaty palms, sweaty palms, sweaty palms, sweaty palms. I couldn't help but think of that old Dilbert uh, cartoon where the boss is going around touching things. Everything feels clammy. And Dilbert's like, it's because your hands are clammy. <laughs> <laughs> so the only guy with sweaty palms is this dude. Um, but no, and he has a way, like, the, the actor does a really good job of, like, commanding the scene in a way where it seems like his character has got like a trump card that no one else knows about yeah. at all times yeah. it's really it's interesting and persuasive in a way i don't see very often so kudos to the actor for that that's, that's really well portrayed well because what's the scene the when he first gets hired the guy says i don't think i think you're a lot smarter than you look or you're not as dumb as you look and he says well nobody's as dumb as i look i think is what yeah he's... <laughs> Proudly, just that pride in his voice yeah. really makes it well it's the thing about having like a really recognizable Southern accent and Jeff Foxworthy covers this in his comedies that everyone thinks you're dumber than you are. And, and much like uh, Eminem's early career, it's best just to kind of own that because it's way better. People are underestimating you. You can mm -hmm. also, it also like that kind of self, uh, slightly self denigrating charm winds up kind of worming its way in people's hearts too. So there's something really genuine about the Southern aspect of his performance in this that I liked. Now, do you think he was because I, I southern accents that I don't really know how to distinguish between them, but this takes mm -hmm. place in Florida. So is he supposed to have a Floridian accent, or is this more of a? It doesn't sound like he's from okay, Florida. Okay, okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the accent range is down there. Does Florida count as the South? Well, it's in the South. I don't know. I don't know. If, sometimes I'll see people from Florida, and it sounds like they have a southern accent to me. And sometimes I see people from Florida, and it sounds like they don't. So I don't know. I don't know what the. Um, yes, Florida behaves in its own rules. It's the Bermuda Triangle of the United States. <laughs> but uh, and again, maybe it was one of these things where you didn't really matter where, in particular, from the South he was. But he had a clear Southern accent, um, and and he was. All, they were also kind of going all over the place. Like they were going from Florida to Georgia to Virginia. So there was, uh, there he, was, they were really he sounded like around. he was from Georgia. So okay, it, it sounded like a Georgian accent to me. Okay. And I'm not super conversant with it, but like. Didn't have enough twang for Kentucky. It wasn't deep enough for like Texas. It, it wasn't as um, lumpy as the Louisiana accent. Lumpy. There's a lot of dialects. That's in a very interesting so. description of the uh, that you've heard Louisiana. No, I have. I have. It's just lumpy I've... accent. <laughs> well, it's and it's lumpy because there's a lot of different kinds of dialect that they're competing. Uh, whenever you when you speak uh, English from. You grow up speaking and hearing English in Louisiana. It's not quite the same way in like Tennessee, where it's more of a monoculture. But so. but I really liked this character because I thought he was um, he was just unexpected. Like even when they introduce him, you just don't expect you. I thought he was not going to be the 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 main character. I thought they were going to introduce this guy, and then we were going to get the yeah. real hero after. He sneaks, he sneaks his way in as the main character, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah. Exactly the same way he sneaks his way into everything. Yeah. He just kind of manages to charm his way to being the main character. Yeah. No, it just, it just seems like he's just some goon working for the <laughs> villains in that first scene. You're like, whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. This this is where we're going. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah, on board. it's like he's not even dressed to be the hero. Do you know what I mean? Like his hair doesn't <laughs> look really. like the, the hair that a hero is supposed to have in this age. His yeah. attire isn't quite, you know what I mean? Like there there was a look back then, you know, when the, when the main character shows up, you kind of know. Do you know what I mean? And he didn't yeah. have that look. Um, no, it feels it feels kind of like the dare that Stanley had with Iron Man, where like when he created Iron Man, he had a bet that he could make 
during during the late 60s, he could make a character who owned an arms company and make him a hero that people would buy his comic book. <laughs> that was like the basis of that character. And I feel like with this, just the whole range of main characters we have that like Larry Cohen had a similar bet going yeah. with this movie. I'm going to make this the most unlikable band of antagonists you've ever seen and people are going to love them. Well, well, well I that, that you should... might have something there because like the the Alex Jones stand in is un like just nakedly like racist and awful. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. That, that, that was when he first shows up, I was like, what does the movie think about this guy? What are we supposed? Cause I, I instantly am like, Whoa, but yeah, there's like, okay. Yeah. They, they're really going to go there all out and make this guy kind of despicable. I think, I think so. So that's the, uh, the Servino character, the Paul Servino character. Mm. Let's talk about him. Cause he's, he's interesting. Number one, when we first meet him, he's at a castle. The guy lives at a castle, and he's got an army, and it's not clear what this army is exactly. I'm assuming it's a militia. I, I'm assuming yeah. it's not an actual branch of the U.S. military, but it, you know, it, it, but they were all dressed in in an arm in like un, uniforms and everything. But they, but it looked yeah. like they had patches on that didn't look like real U.S. military no. to me. So I'm assuming it's like a private army of some kind or something. Um, he got he has a radio station, and he is. I mean, he's an intense person. He's basically... Kind of, it's like, imagine if Alex Jones had a militia. That's what this well, character like, is. He, it's like 70% Alex Jones, 30% Fidel Castro. This movie yeah, yeah that, Castro. that's exactly... Well, he's, a, he's a guy who has his whole army, like, stand in his front yard in the tall grass waiting for someone to cut the driveway <laughs> yeah. so they can all pop up with guns. That's the kind of guy he is. But, like, so there's <laughs> well -trained that... trained army right there. He's, he's extremely <laughs> paranoid, and he's also... I mean, they, they tie him to the whole Doctor Strange love thing, because he's like, do you remember when you were worried about them you know, using fluoridation in the water to, you know, yeah. like calm, you know, in the con you know, and so, so he's tied to that whole thing. And, and, and he, he's blatantly racist. You know, he, 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 he has that whole scene with Garrett Morris where he just, does, he just is, no, is just, his eyes bulge out and he starts staring him down and he just looks like a bulldog. And he, you know, yeah. he, and he, and he does not use pleasant language to describe him. And, yeah. uh, but here's the thing about that character. That is a believable character. I would, yes. I would expect yeah. that character to not have the most up-to-date progressive views on race. Do you know what I mean? And so no. I think I think that's why they did that. Um, I don't think that the movie was saying we support all of the qualities that this character possesses. Yeah, I think It's, it's yeah. clearly lampooning that sort of personality yeah. and, and barbaric outlook. And, and it makes uh, sense. It makes sense. The main character, too. He's such an opportunist. It's like he doesn't like this yeah. guy either, but he's like, OK, who can I push into position to fight this <laughs> stuff for me? It's like, that's the guy. You know, it's like he's a tool that he's using. And also, I think it's that the world is so upside down with the way that corporate and 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 legal things operate now that these are the only two people that we can really, you know, the three people really like the market, the, the, the marketing woman, the, um, you know, the, 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 the corporate saboteur and the, the right wing conspiracy theory, militia guy, radio host. Those are the only people that, 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 that those are, that's the level don't, of desperation. Don't forget, don't forget the eight year old reincarnation of Conan, the Sumerian. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the it. people who are going to save the day and the garrett morris character who is like uh he's kind of like a I, I i i think did he call himself the colonel too he had, what was his name he had a really weird title it was, uh, it was chocolate chip, chip, oh, yeah. chocolate chip charlie chocolate chip, yeah, chip charlie chocolate chip charlie and he knows martial arts supposedly he's always like 
you know, really. Yeah. Uh, that one's straight. It's like he's the guy who owned the company that the took over the you know the stuff people took over so they could distribute their stuff but yeah it's like what's that got to do with him being some weird martial arts expert it was such a strange i think that was just thrown uh, in for an eccentric flair like just to show you random character generation going on here i think (laughs) so more 70s holdovers stagnant 70s fist fight the 80s but uh but yeah so i don't know i i i think that 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 uh that kind of all worked somehow. Do you know what I mean? Like, he is the, the, the characters, are, none of them are particularly good people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, uh, e- even yeah, the well, eight-year-old, like you were saying, is kind of kind of a spastic yeah, chaotic. Like, he, like pretty he, unhinged. He doesn't have a lot to go on. She sees the stuff move, and that's enough to, like you were saying, to just send him into the deep end of this. You know, I'm gonna freak out in a grocery store and start oh, smashing. Oh, yeah, he's gonna be he living in a castle one day. He saw it move after wandering down half asleep in the middle of the night, too. <laughs> just to add another touch of unreality yeah. to the whole situation. But... Yep, so there's completely unreliable. And again, this kid's going to be living in his own castle someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a safe assumption. I think, Especially given the events of the movie. I think that that's, the, that's, that's where uh, he likes to go. So, so one thing I do want to talk about is... Midway through this movie, I feel like it becomes Police Academy Five. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of, in terms of the tone and the music and just how they escalate the action with the military stuff. Um, do you know what I mean? It just, it just, it, the vibe of the film changes drastically as soon as the Paul Sorvino character shows up. I don't. Did you, did you guys notice that as well, or was well, I just kind of? Yeah, it, it goes from being like kind of eerie and based around espionage to being a lot more bombastic and and a little zany like even the um the uh the the scene where uh chocolate chip charlie gets uh destroyed by the stuff and he starts puking it out everywhere like that even that's like a lot more over the top than the more subtle stuff we'd encountered beforehand that was super over the top like right down to when they take the way that they defeat him with the two wires and it just was like that was like out of a that felt like a cartoon that didn't feel like a real movie to me yeah it it definitely went off the crazy spectrum but i don't know so my question is is that escalation justified within the the tone of the movie or or does it actually hit in an atonal way no i think it's too much i think it's supposed to be that way and i think it should be that way but i feel like this is not a serious horror movie. Do you know what I mean? This is definitely yeah. no. This is, I, I think. I think it was important for it to unfold. But but it kind of starts out a bit serious, so that's why it yeah. Sort of threw it's me. weird because it starts out as a genuinely eerie movie with some occasional bursts of strangeness, and then it ends as an extremely strange yeah. movie with occasional bursts of eeriness. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's and I'll hit when you say it's not a serious horror movie, it's not. It is. It is. It does have things to say. So it's like it's not serious in its horror, but it is serious in other ways. I yeah. think. But uh... well, it's a satire. So like a satire yeah. can be silly. Yeah, and exactly. still make a good point. Exactly. Like, but like there's like a scene where Paul Sorvino sees one of these. Uh, what does he call them? Stuffies. He calls the people that have been taken over by it stuffies, and uh, which I thought was great. That was a perfect. That was the perfect term to use. But then he sees one of them explode with the with the marshmallow interior. And he goes, I like the sight of blood, but this is, this is yeah. disgusting. And the way, oh, just the way great. he delivered the line, it was so, like, he knew how weird that sounded when he said it. I mean, it was that kind of a delivery. Um, 
because you because Paul Sorvino, he's a good actor. He's a really good actor, and you see him being Paul Sorvino in many moments of this film. But there are also moments where it's like he's deliberately hamming it up because he knows that this is a ridiculous scenario. Um, yeah, well, I think all of the actors deserve a commendation for, especially like that kid for being able to pitch their performance into those moments where they're yeah. kind of pushing it deliberately over the line just enough. Yeah. You know who deserves a little bit of special mention too is the dad actually. I thought the dad kind of did oh, a good job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. He 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 had to he had to he had to go from being like the 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 dad that you despise who's unnecessarily mean to the child for pointless things to being this just really like, you know, you know, join us, join the cult type. You know, it was a, and I thought he did a good job on both ends of that. Um, he did. And like, it's two different, totally distinct varieties of loathsome. And uh, it's wonderful that there's one actor that can just cover that entire spectrum that way. And I also like, I also think like, you know how the, um, this is a little bit off topic, I suppose. But one thing I was thinking in that scene when he yells at him at the fridge, because the kid gets up late in the middle of the night and goes down to eat. And that's the opening of the movie. And the dad comes down and just is like, 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 he I don't know, weirdly curious. angry about this. Yeah. Like, like, you know, what are you doing up? I told you, know, just and, and like, I think we've all growing up. We all knew people who had a dad like that, maybe. But it was that not kid, that, the norm. That was on cocaine. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. There was something up there. And, mm -hmm. but I was thinking about, it, I was like, you know, I remember the stranger Things show had this whole thing where like the parents are kind of unnecessarily mean to the kids and shouting at them all the time. And I was like, did they watch one too many movies like this and think that that's how eighties parents were all the time? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, because this well, movie yeah, is know, the kind of movie that gives, something there. It, it gives eighties parenting a bad name. This film, because, you know, I think, when I saw this movie as a kid, and again, I don't really remember my impression of this film, but I'm pretty sure when I saw it, that would have not struck me as the way a, a dad normally deals with a kid who went <laughs> yeah, downstairs it's, it's to eat. It's way hostile. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hostile. And it's like, and, and, it, and it's like almost on the verge of violence is how it seemed to me. Like, they're like this. Yeah. Well, I was actually wondering early in the movie, I'm like, is this his father or is this like a boyfriend mm. of his mother or something? Cause it just didn't same. even feel like a father relationship to me. Really? I had the same exact reaction. I was like, this must be the stepdad or something. Like, yeah. This is like, they're trying to, I, I, I buy that guy as the kid's parents. Cause like they actually, and this is rare oh, nowadays. Yeah. They look like a family. They all look yeah. related. Well, I think the I mean, two kids were those had to be brothers, right? Or they or they hired two actors that had like the same eyebrows and like the same like. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, the eyes, like they have their mother's eyes. It's mm. it's crazy. But no, so, no to clarify. I, it's not that I don't think a real father would be that mean. It's just that typically in Hollywood language, when you have someone who's in a parental role that mm. that mean, usually they are the stepdad or the boyfriend or something just I'll that's just language just just that's usually what they're trying to indicate but. yeah that's a good way of characterizing it too because i i think that recognizes that that style of writing though like cliched and recognizable is not necessarily good i think people no. can use no, that for good character writing and it really isn't no i i agree it, it's just uh hollywood yeah um, i'm just but, trying to read but... Yeah, go ahead but no no i just i just thought that was interesting because that was that i thought that's and that opening scene was very striking as a result so i guess it worked do you know what i mean like it yeah, definitely, it's, it's it, a good impact yeah it got caught my attention um yeah yeah you know so uh i don't know there 
are there any other characters we want to talk about before we get well, on? We any never other talked topic? about the marketer really, and she's a surprisingly fun character too. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, because she, she's she's a small little waif of a person, but she's really like capable and commanding. And she has this fun thing where she keeps getting the respect of all the like machismo fueled like near sociopath <laughs> male characters. And um, I found her kind of charming in, in, for that because like she, she's like she's not. I mean, this this is kind of coming along a little bit before your your Ellen Ripley's became like a thing or your Sarah Connors and like those are no more no like, this is a, this is after is this after this is eighty five I thought like Sarah Connor was like nineties and no well, Sarah Connor well, was eighty four was eighty four and, and Ripley no, was seventy nine Alien was seventy nine so wow man I am yeah. completely well, oh no, but you're right about Sarah really, Connor because in the first movie she's a damsel in distress she's a waitress in the second, in in the second movie yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay I'll give like, you that but, yeah, I'm but talking about give, T2. I won't give you Ellen Ripley though so I'll, I'll, granted for the first one again though I think that she was way more of an action star in the second one I remember when the second one came well, out Aliens was like the one where she got like really like buffed out and like yeah was fighting like the queen alien and stuff like that true but but she was still badass in the first one also the yeah, first one she was, she was a more believable human being than in the second one do you know what I mean like the second yes. one was like an 80s i'm an action person whereas the first one was like this is like a normal woman who's behaving heroically do you know what i mean it was more yeah like that um which would have been the same if it was a guy too because male protagonists too in that period weren't quite like 80s action heroes yeah but but she's also amoral this woman in this movie because she's this, like the first impression we get of her is she's re- she's immediately ready to sleep with this guy in order to cut some kind of deal to sell her market <laughs> yeah. you know it's she's not she's not like uh i mean i guess she's like an independent you know self-sufficient woman but she's also willing to do some shady things to 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 make a living and you know what i mean like there's there's uh well, it's yeah, it, it's also interesting that, you know, she she doesn't even like blink when he reveals to her. It's like, oh, by the way, I'm not really this millionaire guy. I'm <laughs> yeah. doing this thing. And she's like, OK, whatever. Yeah, let's keep moving. <laughs> it's still going. But that but that was interesting because it made them all they were all strangely adaptable. They were sort of yeah. like there's almost like a Christ like quality to all this because they're fully capable of living among sinners and, do you know what I mean? And seeing well, past the I, sin. I wouldn't do, say it in a Christ-like way. It's just that <laughs> I'm a criminal, you're a criminal. It's like, oh, okay, I see the scam you were pulling. Yeah, that's a good angle. But yeah, let's go do this other thing. <laughs> no, yeah. but they're, but because they're all sort of venture, they're ultimately going towards a good path in the end. Do you know what I mean? That they're the, <laughs> so it, the, the Christ-like thing is that they're willing to to see beyond the flaws of one another and okay. trust one another and ultimately do good do you know what I mean and it, and it's christ-like because you have sinners who are the heroes in the end they're the ones who ultimately choose good over evil do you know what i mean with with the exception of that last scene where i'm not so sure that you can say that you're choosing good um, well i the question is i don't know i mean it's it's the kind of thing where when the when the thing you're trying to do is avoid humanity potentially being wiped out by this weird alien goo, it's not like, I don't know. It's, it, it, it does enter more into the realm of self-preservation. It's like, you don't I suppose have to that's be, true. You I don't have to want to be a good person to not get eaten by goo. That's know? true. But at the same time, it's not, it's, it's, they're still kind of going in that direction, even before they really know exactly what's up do you know what i mean yeah so, yeah it's there's it's it's complicated definitely but, which is which is one of the good things about the movie but i do it think is, it, oh go ahead it's surprisingly cerebral because it it posits like the small time crooks like these guys are 
with a this like larger, more organized kind of corporate scale evil. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a lot of individual iconoclasts versus uh, an ego mass. So there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of like kind of little little cogs ticking away behind well, the scenes of this movie that make it more fascinating. That's yeah. the other thing. I, I am kind of interested about what the um uh the Rutherfords uh moral compasses in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Because like you you know he's a shady guy. But I also, feel, but he did, he did used to work for the FBI and I'm really curious as to, you know, why did he get kicked out in the first place? Like, was it because he was doing bad things or, or was he like deeply cynical because he saw bad things? Do you know, like, like what? It's like, there's he, almost, well, it's like, there's a part where he does almost seem to suggest he got thrown out because he was too good. But once again, yeah. is that just a thing he says, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I don't know if I can trust him because he's the source on that. It's like, of course you don't want. Oh, I got thrown out because I was I was too honest. Which, which reminds me of one of my favorite scenes of this movie is when Paul Sorvino is talking about marketing himself to the American public, and he's like, "I'm uh-huh. too handsome, I'm too macho, and that's why they don't like me. I got I got all these great <laughs> qualities, you know, and they they just want somebody who's like as pathetic as they are, you know. So like, you need to help market me now. And just this, just the way, I just the. I don't know the, the level of delusion that was going on in that scene. The Alex was, Jonesiness that yeah. was happening. Well, just the <laughs> just the 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 his explanation for why people didn't like him is what yeah. I thought. So you know, and but but for a brief moment, I felt like I was seeing the world through his eyes too. So it kind of, you know, yeah, I, that's a wonderful set of lines. By yeah. the way, I I really enjoyed that too because like. Again, it makes the character so believable. Like, yeah. you've yeah. met that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I also yeah. loved how he's, like, immediately trying to woo the, um... What's the, what was the, the woman's name in the movie? I don't want to just keep calling her, like, the marketeer or whatever. Um, Nicole. Yeah, I Nicole, I think, was her name. Okay. Uh, I well, I think her I name is I literally just stopped yeah. watching this movie. So. Uh, but, uh... I, I like it didn't quite become a love triangle. It could have, but I just liked how he immediately leapt into, Ooh, you know, like I need to make you my wife now. And then, and then when, um, when, uh, when Rutherford says, Hey, wait, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, she's kind of my woman here. He, he's like, Oh, don't worry. You're going to be a casualty in this whole conflict anyway. So it's not even going to be a problem. Just that, just, just the way they were talking to each other. I just, I, I don't, it wasn't believable, but it was like funny and entertaining. You know, it just, it just kind of worked. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think that to a degree, going back to that last scene we've complained about with, uh, you know, the two guys from the corporation, it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing that they are such total utter villains at the end for yeah. no particular reason, because all, you got all these characters on the heroic side who aren't necessarily particularly good, but are, there's just, there's a lot of gray areas going on in this movie yeah. that to have, have them be pegged as two villains. It's like, okay, well, eh. it, it, it's, it's, it's just not, I, I don't know. It just doesn't fit with many of the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. And then that last scene, you know what I think was going on in that scene? I think the reason that scene happened was because he delivers a line that says, are you eating it or is it eating you? And uh-huh. I think that scene was just so they could get him to say that one line. And maybe, <laughs> maybe the thought was that would be like the thing that was in the trailer or that was, that encapsulated the, theme of the movie do you know what i mean like yeah so ironically the worst part of this movie is its commercialization <laughs> well it's commercialization or it's the theme kind of driving the story too ferociously you know but it's uh, a pretty uh 
pretty pretty cerebral if that's the case i i'm not gonna give it that much credit <laughs> i don't i don't think that the movie was critiquing its own commercialization no no i'm not saying it was critiquing its own commercialization i'm saying i think that that line does reflect the theme of the movie so maybe mm-hmm. that that's why that you know you wanted that line in there to to fully explain the idea that he was getting across and you know like sometimes you'll see a movie and it's like they they clearly have this very specific idea that they're trying to convey and sometimes that idea causes them to it's like the whole story is driven by that and it ends up not being a good movie because you know even though the idea itself is good well that's the thing it can be if the idea is a strong enough and b it has enough depth that you can plummet that way but not every idea has both and some infuriatingly only have one like a good idea that's just actually kind of shallow once you start digging into it i hate that i've done that a few times where i get super excited about a cool idea and then i go and investigate it i'm like oh i can't do anything with this it's Mm. just the the intellectual equivalent of someone that's really good looking but shallow but, which I guess leads to the question, is this a shallow movie or is this a deep movie? You know, like, is this, like, what's the, uh, you know, where would you grade this one? I wouldn't call it shallow, definitely. I mean, no, there's, it's, there's it's a lot of thought fun. going on in this. It, it isn't always successful in where it's trying to go, but it is, there, there, it is trying to be clever. It is, and there are some clever things, but I'm reminded of that quote from Daria where she says, sometimes your shallowness is so thorough it seems like depth. (laughs) (laughs) A quote has stuck with me for 15 years or more. Yeah, yeah. uh, Because, I mean, like, there's no one standout idea in this movie where I'm like, that's a pretty deep and nuanced take. It's mostly either directly saying its point which is a pretty straightforward point, like commercialism and consumerism can be bad if taken to extremes. Really? No joke. Yeah. No well, and specifically, he's kind of getting into, like, the commercialization of nefarious products can be well, Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, it's yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And once again, I'm not saying it's deep. I'm just saying I wouldn't call it shallow either. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I am. I'm like, yeah, this definitely isn't a shallow movie because the characters are too complicated for the most part too for me to consider it shallow okay. i mean obviously th- it's larger themes yeah it really hits you over the head with its theme though I mean, yeah yeah i also the trailer characters. for this movie and you've got you've gotten the message so yeah well it's like society in that regard society is a movie where it's like oh, okay that's what this is about all right yeah. thanks <laughs> i mean i would say it has about the same level of depth as a romero movie right wouldn't you wouldn't you say it's about that same level of like, it's it's yeah. about as graceful with its theme as a yeah. romero movie. yeah this is what the movie's about <laughs> but i think there's like that's kind of like i don't know i kind of i kind of like that it's not over like sometimes movies are too subtle for their own good or too they're they're smelling their own fragrance too much do you know what i mean and <laughs> and this this That's movie <laughs> this movie isn't doing that this movie is it's more like yeah. a it's kind of like a working man's uh metaphor do you know what i mean it's just it's very it's a lot more direct it's a lot you know i kind of like that i like it's that it's the, not the, it's in the they live kind of category yeah right? yeah that's a good that's a good one that's a good one to well, uh they live is like the ur example of doing that as well as you can you know it's direct un, unambiguous uh theme that informs the movie mm-hmm. and they live is extremely well realized uh, yeah. This, I would say, is a little more ambivalent, and mostly because oh, of that last scene where it kind of bifurcates the villain, yeah. and the general operating parameters of the stuff is a little too vague for it to be but, a clean critique. But I think, but I agree, but I also think sometimes, like, 
the the like academic uh, the academic definition of depth in a movie is that it just mm-hmm. equivocates on its own ideas enough that you can mm-hmm. say it looks like it's this, but it's actually the opposite. Yeah, but then it's yeah. actually this, right. and it just becomes I... like uh, it just becomes a way of like intelligent people excluding others from in, right. from, from it's, appreciating it's an the message. Of intellectual yeah. puffery. It, yeah. yeah, and this movie at least has enough enough going for it that I wouldn't say it's that ever it's it's direct it's more direct than that yeah. it's more accessible than that and like adam was talking about a lot of the characters not just a few but quite a few of the characters are very human and believable and the way they yeah. react to the the bizarre situations they get in is interesting and fresh in a way that yeah. you don't really see a lot in extremely stupid I, movies I, so i like that the movie gets me to root for people that are kind of terrible people i think that that's yeah. something yeah. that's like a good thing about this movie um and it's not done in like a a way where it doesn't have to go out of its way to gain sympathy for them. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't give the yeah. the corporate saboteur some tragic backstory or some <laughs> deep yeah. struggle. They just kind of get you to start rooting for me. Just, you just wins you over. You know, you realize there's more to him than his, you know, you realize that there's more to him than him being a corporate saboteur. And you realize that there's actually some good he can do by having those skills. He's got some, you know, he could use those yeah. powers for good. Um, well, that's so, the case, too. I mean, even just in his saboteur-type work, I mean, he's just good at it. It's it's good watching people be good at something. I mean, it's entertaining. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I don't know what... Uh, I, 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 get, I think we've exhausted all the topics that we had for this. Um, is that, Oh, one thing I did want to mention is there was a subtle Dune reference in this movie, which I thought was kind of nice. I don't oh, know. yeah, they name-dropped Frank Herbert. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. forgot about that. I was going to bring that up, and then I totally uh, spaced on it. Yeah, that, yes, that, that, that was fun. It was it was kind of out of nowhere, and it didn't really go anywhere, but like it was, it was. I think he said, I need you to go see Agent Frank Herbert at the FBI. Yep. And I, remember I was like, wait, Frank <laughs> Herbert? That is that Frank the Herbert. Frank Herbert who wrote Dune? And uh, it was... I, I thought that was in a, you know, and and I didn't notice any other names, but maybe I missed them. I didn't, I didn't pick up on other names being dropped. Well, I think we're all a little attuned to Dune lately. So. Yeah, there might have been others, and it just might, it just might have gone yeah, over I, my. I head. didn't pick up on any any others. So that's a whole lot of nerd to not pick up on any references, and we all got the Frank Herbert one. So I think they're probably yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're also yeah. different varieties of nerds. So that's exactly. True. That's true. We've got a wide range <laughs> covered. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. I, I I think this is a. Here's what I'll say about this movie. It was uh, I was I was not looking forward to watching this one because I remembered not being terribly impressed with it as a kid, um, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to enjoy this one. It'll probably be one that I saw. I was like, yeah, there's a reason I didn't see this again, um, <laughs> and I was kind of happy about that because a lot of the movies we've done are movies that I like, and so they've all been positive reviews. And I was like, ah, oh, it might be nice to get something, you know, to to come in and say I really hated this movie. Uh, but I, but I enjoyed myself and it's a, it's definitely weird. It definitely is a bombastic film that, you know, just kind of, uh, I don't know. You kind of have to see it and decide for yourself if it's for you, I think, because it's, it, it, it and also it's, it's, it's oddly old fashioned. We've seen a lot of films from 1985 yeah. and this does not, it, yeah. even though I, it does kind of feel like police Academy at times and other things that are, you know, screwball comedies and stuff. It feels old fashioned even for its time. Kind of like Joel was saying with the board members of the of the companies and stuff. It just feels like a more early eighties than mid eighties to me. Um and yeah. so, you know, is there's that. But 
I, I would recommend it to people. I don't know. What, what would you guys say? I mean, I, I think I'd recommend it mostly because it just won't waste your time. What is this movie? 90 minutes. I yeah. mean, like you got 90 minutes, watch the stuff. It'll be great. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I... There's really cool effects with it when they're pouring like gallons of shaving cream on the room that's clearly moving around and all that. So there's a lot of fun things like that. Yeah, I recommend it. It, it is. Yeah, it's really, really cheap special effects. Yeah. But they're done. There's there's a lot of entertainment value to what they try and do with them. It's very ambitious for the budget that they did not have. Even <laughs> when they even when the special effects go bad, it's kind of amusing. Like the scene where they break yeah. through the the room in the radio station and it just looks really weird. That still works. <laughs> Yeah. but it's it's very strange it's like oh this uh-huh. does not i don't think they were going for this but it works somehow in the context of this film um yeah you know it, it almost at times it almost gets into attack of the killer tomatoes territory but not mm-hmm. quite. Yes. i was thinking oh, about that a lot in this movie which yeah. by the way i think that is an awful awful movie the attack of the killer. You, yeah. you have made mention of how much you detest attack of the killer tomatoes um <laughs> I I used to love it when I first saw it as a kid. I loved it, but then I grew to hate it. I grew to despise the movie. Uh, Just like real tomatoes, I think when the first time you encounter them in a positive way, you're like, "Wow, these are delicious." But if you eat them routinely, you're like, "Okay, I'm sick of tomatoes." You're never gonna get me to hate the tomato. The tomato is like the it is the it is the. it's the center of everything in food for well, me. So remember, I'm not talking about your tomato sauces. No, I'm I saying tomato, tomato. I like to like tomatoes. I think are just great. Yeah, I can't. You're too much, you're too much of a boxer. I can't eat to hate tomatoes. You would just eat those. Dip in your druthers. No, I just like I just like tomatoes. Um, Spoken like a true boxer, tomato eating psycho. Do, do boxers <laughs> like tomatoes? I this... they love them. Really? I've seen okay. a, I, all the boxers I know will just cut a tomato, salt it, and eat it like an apple. Really? I, 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 that's I can't say it. I've ever ever developed any hatred or resentment of tomatoes either. I I, I don't know. It's like if I'm eating a salad and I'm not even going to eat it all. The tomatoes are like the thing I'll eat out of the salad. I'll wow. bet you. I'll bet you. I know why they eat it. The lycopene. The lycopene, it's good for like prostate <laughs> health or something, right? So it's probably yeah, like a performance. True. I don't thing. know why they do it. They just do it. I'll bet you it's like boxers don't just do things. It's usually because there's like some angle for performance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 like it's like the Rocky eating the raw egg thing at the, the you know, it's like he's doing that not because he likes the taste of raw eggs, but because. The, As uh, most people do. Yeah. I, I, try, I tried doing, I, I used to eat shakes with um, raw egg and like milk. Or raw uh, egg and orange to juice. Not eat raw eggs though. Aren't those bad for you? There's like a one in. I think I looked up the chances. I think it's like a one in forty thousand chance of getting salmonella from each egg. Something and like that only that. makes you stronger. So <laughs> I don't think salmonella makes anyone stronger. I, I probably no, not. my nephew had salmonella <laughs> a couple months ago, and it did not make him stronger. <laughs> but um, but uh, needless to say, I don't do that anymore. But but I but I used to do it. Um. So yeah, why don't why don't we head out and we'll be back on? What are we doing next? Do we know what our next film is, or are we? Uh... Well, we're now out of Schlocktober. That was the last Schlocktober entry, just getting in at the the uh, beginning of December. So I actually pre-watched Krampus uh, to make certain okay. that we get it in. All so, right, so if you guys want to watch it too, we can do that one. It was a lot of fun. Okay, I yeah. think that that feels like I feel I feel like Joel has made his move to get us to do Krampus next. So I'm, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna respect that power move and and say we Thank should do you. Krampus next. 
Um, I ate so many raw eggs before <laughs> I would have the courage to do that. It's like those so scenes in, in like the 80s movies where like they do the corporate boardroom thing, you know, and some guy <laughs> outmaneuvers yeah. the other guy. Um, so, I'm so like, I can't believe Brendan refers Joel's movie to mine. <laughs> slowly, slowly nudging my copy of Gremlins off the table in shame. <laughs> Oh, Adam, I think we did have to mention something before the end of the episode, right? Wasn't there some news that you want, or do you want to do that next episode? We'll do that next time. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Teaser. Uh, yeah, there's, we've got some big thing we want to talk about. It's it's actually kind of sad. It's not a happy announcement. Oh, but, that sucks. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't want to leave people thinking we're going to come back with a big happy announcement and then bum them Everything's out. So, great. Yeah, yeah. Someone so. died. No, okay, so let's, that, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, then I, I do want to end on a high note. Then the my Kickstarter Paloma Fist is happening on the 8th. Everybody go and donate. Damn it. Give me money. Yeah. I want to buy art for this thing. Yeah, they, they should definitely do that. They should definitely there do that. There we go. There's um, our high note. Go and punch stuff in the post-apocalypse. In in the last playtest, I had a guy punch an army of tanks to death. That that tank. is that needs to be in your marketing. That that you need to you need to repeat that story a lot. It was a um, real thing that actually happened in a game, and it ruled. So so all right. So we'll end it there, and we'll be back with is it Krumpus or Krampus? How do you pronounce it? I think I pronounced it wrong. I, I always just say Krampus. Krampus, okay. Gormless okay, so we'll Americans, so who knows? I, I don't know. I, I I didn't remember if it was an A or a U, so that's why I was asking. Uh, so we'll be back with Krampus, and we're going to begin our, our, our Christmas season of horror, I guess. So we'll probably be doing that, Black Christmas, Gremlins, and a variety of other things. And until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.